Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Just Fab, Mac Weldon, and Sunbasket. All fantastic products I can't wait to tell you about later. How you guys doing? How is your week going? Ready for the weekend? I'm excited for the weekend. Unless it is the weekend you're listening to this. Either way, I hope you're having a good day. That rhymed unintentionally, but I liked it. I'm feeling pretty good. I successfully completed a three-day soup cleanse. Very proud of myself. With very minimal cheating. Like, I maybe snuck a little, like, a nut or something here or there. Um, Yeah, you do, like, two vegetable soups, and then you can have a chicken broth and a vegetable broth, and then they give you, like, this cold smoothie thing. It's from this place called Soup Pier, which I think delivers around the country. Um, And they have vegan options, so you don't have to have chicken broth. But it was not that hard. I wasn't ever really that hungry. I missed food, like chewing food, though. And I just missed, like, because I like food. Um, But I did it, and I'm very proud of myself. And I needed to do it. I'm not saying I needed to lose, like, a ton of weight. And I don't even know if I lost weight, because I don't own a scale or weigh myself. Um, I'd rather light myself on fire than do that. Um, But I feel like it reset me a little bit to be like, hey... You don't need to eat as much as you were eating because it was excessive. I was on a bit of a food bender. I was going to bed eating popcorn in my bed. And then I would wake up with like paper towels around me and a blackout, a food blackout that is just shameful. Just ugh, like I just, you know, it was like a disgusting scene went down. And so I feel like I, I, I reset a little bit and now I'm going to try to be better and not, you know, go crazy. And uh, I feel good. So try a soup cleanse if you are interested. I don't know. I'm just pitching it for no reason. But just letting you know I accomplished something. And I'm bragging about it. I feel like I deserve to brag. Um, and I celebrated with... Uh, I never go out anymore. Well, I mean, I do sort of, but not really. I go out to do comedy. And then if there's like an event or... But I don't, I don't really go out for drinks or anything anymore. Maybe an early happy hour. I don't know. But I... I think I need to try to go out uh, and socialize. And so I called up my friend Lo and I was like, let's go have some holiday drinks at a fancy hotel because they do the holidays really well. And she was like, all right, cool. And I was like, we're dressing up. She's like, I'm down. And so we got dressed up and we went to the Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is like one of my favorite places. It's so historic. It's so cool. And, um, by the way, all the hotels in LA do Christmas. I mean, I'm sure they do it all over the country really well. They do Christmas well or holidays well. Um, so if you get a chance and you're in the area, check it out. But we went, we went to the pole lounge and we sat at the bar and now I can't afford to eat there really because, uh, chips and guacamole, for example, I don't know why that's on the menu there. Cause it's not a Mexican restaurant and it's just sort of random amongst the like tartare and stuff, but That's the cheapest appetizer at $19. So uh, needless to say, I'm not eating there. Uh, But you go, and the drinks are expensive too, but you get one drink. You're not there to get loaded. You're there for the people watching the experience. You order one drink, you sip it slowly. And you never know who you're going to see. I mean, I saw Larry Flint there once. (laughs) I've seen uh, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Manila were there last night. There's just plenty of interesting people and it's just a cool old school old school hangout but the trick is and I will tell you this this is at many hotels in LA 
specifically Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel, Beverly Wilshire, and Sunset Tower Hotel, you can still technically have a meal there. You purchase your drink. They bring you a snack tray at all these places, and they're amazing snack trays. At the Polo Lounge, it's chips, some delicious spice nuts, and then a bowl of olives. You ask for a second round of those. You have yourself a square meal in my mind. And so we went there. We sat at the bar. We drank our drink so slowly (laughs) and um, just kept ordering free snacks as if we were at Costco getting free samples. Super tacky, but I don't care. I have no shame. You know what? Rich people do that kind of thing. I've seen... Actually, I think a lot of rich people ask for stuff free, frankly, more than regular folk. But anyways, we're sitting at the bar, and um, this guy comes, and he sits next to us. He's about, I don't know, like early 70s, super nice, and we start talking, and we just start having, like, such a great conversation with him. He's so nice. Uh, We don't find out that he's gay until later, but he was not creepy or anything at all, Uh, so I never, I mean... That has nothing to do with him being gay, but like it's not like he was hitting on us. It was just like we were having this really cool, interesting conversation with him about travel, and he lives near there, and he goes to the polo lounge a couple times a week. He's a retired lawyer. Just a cool guy. And so I could tell he was kind of lonely, and um, he he definitely didn't want to leave right then, so he was like, will you guys have another drink with me? So he bought us a round of drinks, and we just we talked to him for hours, and... For whatever, and, and then he and then he offered to drive us home, uh, which was super sweet. So he drove us home, and we exchanged emails and phone numbers. But for whatever reason, it just like warmed my heart. I don't know why. It's I think it's just nice to meet you know someone that you would never be friends with probably in another world or situation, but you happen to be sitting next to him, and you guys get along, and then you meet a new friend, even if he is in his seventies. Which is cool. I, I just, I don't know. I was really happy about it. It felt like a cute little Christmas miracle. And I could tell he's, I can tell he's a little lonely and I feel like we're going to be friends with him. And he's like, he wants to call us up next time he goes there. So he has some companionship at the bar. And I don't know. It looks like I got myself a new senior citizen friend I'm pretty excited about. I love, listen, I love older people. We're very similar. A lot of times we like the same music. We love a good nap. We're normally not interested in making any new friends, but when it clicks, it clicks. So it was a fun little night. Um, I uh, want to oh give you guys my stand-up dates. Uh, I will be in Chicago. So excited. I've never, never been there, and I'm so excited. On February 4th and 5th, and then Nashville on February 6th. I've also not been there. I sound like I've never been anywhere at this point, but those are just two cities I've always wanted to go to and I've never been. So I'll be at Zany's Chicago, February 4th and 5th. Zany's Nashville, February 6th. You can get tickets at uh, zanies.com or at my website, rachelobriancomedy.com. And then I'm in Tempe, Arizona at the Tempe Improv on February 20th with my good friend Jill Kimmel. We're going to do stand-up, then we're going to do a live podcast meet and greets after both of them. I'm just really excited. So I hope you guys get tickets and come. I can't wait to meet you guys and, you know, explore your cities and super excited about that. Uh, And as always, please, uh, if you get a chance, go on Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast five stars, leave a good review. It just helps to keep it going and makes me happy. And I really, really appreciate it. It helps keep the content free, you know, by getting the ratings up. So I get the sponsors and all that jazz. So I want to thank you for that. 
And if this episode resonates with you or you want to chat, anything, you can DM me on Instagram at Rachel N. O'Brien. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. And take a screenshot if you're listening. I'll repost it on my Insta story. So take a screenshot, put it on your Insta story, or a screenshot of what you do when you're listening. That would be cool to see. I'll repost it. And I'd love to connect with you guys. So now for my guest, super excited about her suit. She's so accomplished, such a cute, bubbly, awesome personality and smart. Um, So Hannah Cranston has become the millennials go-to girl for all things news, politics, and pop culture. She's the creator and host of the podcast Too Much to Handle. She's a former host and executive producer of YouTube's Think Tank, a leading millennial news and talk show with 1.3 million subscribers and over 500 million views. She's a guest host and former producer for The Young Turks, the most popular news show online. Hannah is changing the way Gen Y and Gen Z consume content by breaking down the biggest news topics of the day in an understandable and approachable way that fosters critical thinking. Hannah's social reach is 1.5 million, hailing from every country in the world. And without further ado, give it up for Hannah Cranston. Thank you for doing this, Hannah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. You've had such a big career for someone who's uh, pretty young. Thank you. I've been really, really fortunate and... I mean, yes, I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at today. Yeah. Um, but it's been a really fun roller coaster, and I've had a, li- a lot of amazing opportunities. That what do you think the percentage out. of hard work and luck has been for you? Oh, tough question. I think like my inner lady mm-hmm. would be like, "Oh, I'm so lucky! Like 80% luck, 20% hard work." But then I think my inner feminist is like, "No, girlfriend, you worked your ass off." Yeah. Um, so I think it's probably. I think luck plays a really big role in being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the majority of it is probably hard work and just pure grit. Yeah. You know? I actually really like that answer because we'll go into what we're going to talk about later on. Um, so, like I said on the intro, Hannah has a podcast called Too Much to Handle, which is basically like you were told when you were younger you were too much to handle. Mm-hmm. And it's something that a lot of women get told. Like, she's too much, too loud, she's too funny, she's too... Opinionated. Opinionated. Her body's too much. Yeah, exactly. And so when you s- answered that and you said, uh, the lady in me would want to say luck, that's so sad that you think like, well, I guess I just have to attribute it to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the lady would say. But that's what we're taught as yeah, young yeah. girls, right? To be mm-hmm. modest and humble. Yeah. And I think there is definitely um, an aspect of humility in saying like, yeah, no, I worked really hard. I had to work really hard yeah. to get here. And I would I think, rather say that. Yeah, and I think it, but I think it takes a little uh, perspective shift from what we've been taught is acceptable, quote unquote, acceptable. Totally, totally. And we're going to dive into the like too much to handle women topic later. Before that, though, I really want to talk about how you got into your career and, you know, growing up, like, did you want to be in entertainment from when you were a little girl? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, I actually grew up in LA, oh, and wow. so which is so I rare. Know, <laughs> so rare. I'm a unicorn over here. Um, but I grew up in LA, and so I think I was a little disillusioned with the entertainment industry and mm-hmm. didn't want to go into it at all. So I actually went to Duke, and I went in pre med. Oh wow! Um, which <laughs> definitely did not happen. Disappointing my Jewish parent and every Jewish parent listening to this. Oh my god. Um, and I came out with uh, a degree in psychology, business, and marketing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to kind of go into the business world, go into marketing or something like that. Um, but then I graduated and I came out with a few offers, but I just didn't 
feel right. You know, when you're mm-hmm. doing something and it just feels like disingenuous. Absolutely. And so that's kind of how it felt for me. And I think so many of us go through life with blinders on and we don't take a second to think about what we really want, what mm-hmm. we're passionate about. And so I took some time to think about what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And at the time when Tinder was hot, yeah. you know, <laughs> in the <laughs> old days, um, I was going on a lot of dates uh, with guys and I realized that the majority of them like had no idea what was going on in Syria, like mm-hmm. couldn't tell me what was going on in the political world. And that was very depressing to me. Mm-hmm. And I sort of decided, okay, I need to figure out a better way to inform my generation mm-hmm. and inform people my age because I, I don't even own cable. Like I don't yeah. have cable. Like nobody's sitting down watching the nightly news. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody gets the newspaper anymore. Mm -hmm. And even Twitter at this point, which I think so many of us go to for news, Mm -hmm. is like sensory overload. Like it's so It's like where do I look? Exactly. Yeah. Who who do I listen to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I wanted to figure out a better way to basically just like distill information, distill news to people my age. Mm -hmm. And I kind of mentioned this to a friend and she told me to look at TYT mm-hmm. and I thought what they were doing. Explain what TYT is. TYT is the Young Turks. They are uh, the biggest online news network in the world and re- really focus on progressive news. Mm-hmm. And I thought what they were doing was really cool. And so I got really, really aggressive <laughs> on LinkedIn. <laughs> like a li- I love a good aggressive reach out you, I do them. a little intense but you know you gotta do what you gotta do, do. you gotta, do. You gotta, you gotta be hard. a little too much absolutely <laughs> um, and somehow I got an interview and I was like look I will be an intern I'll work for free which probably illegal but whatever yeah um, you're, well, you're not in school anymore I guess <laughs> yeah whatever. well you know whatever the other way um like I will make copies for you I will clean the toilets I'll get you coffee whatever it is to get my foot in the door And the guy I interviewed with was basically like, okay, cool. Start Monday and help out with production. I was like, awesome. Like, I'll do this. And I started Monday and by Friday, they put me on camera. Are you serious? How did that happen? Crazy. Whoa, explain. So usually when I tell this story, I was like, oh, they, you know, just happened. And Mm -hmm. now this all is magic. But I mentioned that I was thinking about like, that looked really cool to me that that was felt intriguing and that I'd like to go on camera. Like, I think it's really important for women to know that you don't get what you don't ask for. Absolutely. Because I think so many of us are hoping like, especially when it comes to like money or jobs, we're like, I hope somebody just notices my hard work and Mm -hmm. then they'll give me the raise and then they'll give me the promotion. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask for it. And most people are thinking about themselves all day long. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not like looking around being like, who's working extra hard and deserves a little boost. And FYI, the guy in the cubicle next to you is asking for it. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So remember that ask for it. So I mentioned that I wanted to do it. And, um, my co-host at the time in the show, the host of this show was like, okay, yeah, let's try it on, you know, Friday, you know, just get in front of the camera and try it. I was terrified. But then once I had the lights on me and I was like talking about things I was passionate about, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never leaving. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, so you just have to figure something out here. So were you a regular host from that day forward? Very shortly after Mm -hmm. I kind of within like two weeks, I was like, oh, also, I think I'm going to be executive producer of this show. (laughs) Make me the full time co-host and like, let's just rebrand the whole thing and put out four times the content. And the guy who I was co-hosting with was kind of like, oh. Okay, <laughs> how? But uh, for real though, how did the did you really just say all that, or like how did you 
how did you take the steps to be like I, how did you actually ask so I for did I, I did a lot of the work for it mm-hmm. so I did basically took on the role of an executive producer mm-hmm. and I think something that's important to keep in mind is like make yourself irreplaceable like yeah. they, nobody can replace you because you do things so well and you take the lead and I that's basically just like became that role mm-hmm. they say like dress for the job you want um I think just do the job you want and mm-hmm. then eventually you will have that job just like get out there and just start doing it mm-hmm. so I was just doing it and then when it came to hosting I would mention oh I would love to talk about this story you know I just started presenting things in a way that made me the best fit mm-hmm. for the host for the next episode that we shot so I started as an intern in mid-October of 2014 and by January I was the full-time co-host oh wow or late December by January that's amazing that's so cool all by asking for what you wanted Mm -hmm. and just working really hard that's great and I I mean I think it extends from you know I think it's important in your career but I think it extends to your relationships yeah whether that be with friends especially with significant others like Mm -hmm. making sure that you're voicing what you want out of something Mm -hmm. um so that you get it absolutely (laughs) now when you said earlier you don't a lot of the jobs that you had offers for, they felt disingenuous. And you mm. said a lot of people go through with blinders on and they just take those jobs. Did you have to overcome a hurdle of like parental disappointment that you didn't go into what maybe they deemed to be the career for you? Well, obviously you'd already ditched, you know, medical school. Yeah. yeah. But that's, come on, that's a, who really does that? I mean, I my guess sister, a lot of people. My okay, well, your sister. sister. So, so they're happy. They have one golden child. Right? <laughs> oh, you're doing great things. But then when you graduated college and you did not take a job in yeah. your chosen career or probably one that didn't have as much stability as maybe working for, you know, not an online company or whatever. Right. Yeah, I think it was hard for them initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they wanted me, wanted to support me. They always have been really supportive. I think they wanted to support me and like exploring mm-hmm. um and i think i was an age where it's a little acceptable to totally, do that yeah and i was in a privileged position where i could move home uh-huh. and i could afford to take that time to explore my options mm-hmm. and i recognize that not everybody has that yeah. option um i fortunately was able to do that and they definitely supported me and i think it took them once i moved into youtube i think it took them a really long time to understand exactly what I did totally (laughs) like explaining it to Mm -hmm. people um but it's hard I think for so many people like especially people who do podcasts or who are on YouTube or who Mm -hmm. are trying to make it on Instagram or whatever it is it's really hard to explain that to especially people of older generation yeah yeah and sometimes it's hard to explain it to people our age who did take more traditional paths Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily understand why we're struggling to diverge from that yeah or people are like you get paid just to do that it's like oh well, yeah <laughs> but it's hard work yeah yeah you know, you, you know like i work from home for the most part because a lot but of that what i do requires a lot of self-discipline so not true very few people i think can do that it's yeah i do i agree with you but i think it's difficult for people to grasp that like even if i'm home that means I'm still working. Oh, yeah. My I work from home will be like, all oh, day long. Can you do this while you're home? It's like, I don't ask you to do, you know, the dishes while you're in your law office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's yeah. People I don't think people realize that. Like I wake up in the morning, go to work, which is right there. Uh, that desk right there. Thank beautiful you. office you have here. And I'm there unless I go to I'm going to an audition or working out or something. 
sending emails, recording podcast ads, having podcast guests over and recording or going to my other studio to record my other podcast and just constantly. And then oftentimes right after that, then I go on stage at night. Like Mm. it's just because it's not like in an office. It doesn't mean, you know. Yeah. And let me ask you a question. Do you feel that because, you know, you do have the podcast and your profile is public that you'll feel like even your friends or family will feel more um, apt to to criticize it or give oh my you God, absolutely. feedback my oh well that's two questions <laughs> and I have two answers to that so my over the summer when my dad came to visit he he had mentioned to me he's like he basically was like I don't really know what you do all day long and I had to like explain it to him and like he was kind of sitting in my apartment while I was working and I was like I do this all day long like he just couldn't wrap his head around it but that's like it's just a generational thing yeah. I think you know but then the exposure part, yes. I had to train my mom uh, to not tell me the comments she read about me mm. online. Like, if I don't read them, I don't need you to read them to me. They hurt my feelings. Please don't. Like, I don't take every every stranger's criticism into consideration. If I did, I would go crazy. Yeah. So please don't tell me that they said, you know, this about my podcast. Or, you know, if you think that I shouldn't have posted that Instagram story because I looked a certain way or said something like keep it to yourself unless I said something horrible but I don't so yeah. you know where yeah it's like kind of like you know keep yeah. it to yourself I think that's really hard for some people to grasp like I will have friends that will criticize like the way that I I, I put friends in air quotes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that will criticize the way that I do my Instagram or what I talk about and it's you just have to remember like okay this is my career this yeah. is my job I don't tell you how to do your spreadsheet in Excel exactly <laughs> and if you listen to people it's hard because people will give their unsolic- uh, unsolicited opinion and you really have to actively like not take it to heart mm. and let it make you self-conscious and I did that for a little bit where p- other people's opinions was making me because I'm goofy I do weird stuff like and good well, yeah don't I like boring. it yeah and when other people would comment on her like my family it made me like feel it like really made me second guess myself for mm, a while mm-hmm. and I had to be like what does it matter also it's just Instagram yeah like, what does it matter like I don't really care if I embarrass myself yeah frankly I enjoy doing it yeah being able to set those boundaries mm-hmm. is it's definitely hard but it's so important I for anybody regardless I of say, what your career yeah, is. I was gonna say I think even people that aren't um like necessarily in the public eye your Instagrams and Facebooks are still public I mean mm-hmm. pe- everyone has an opinion on everyone's the way they handle their kids on social media. Mm. I mean, it's it becomes a little much. Yeah. It becomes too much to handle, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, so after you started there, so how long were you at TYT? About four years. Four years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, I left in Jan- uh, June. In June. Okay. Yeah. And then is that the same thing as Think Tank? So no. TYT is a flagship show. So that's like the political show. It's called The Young Jerks. But it's also a network. So mm-hmm. TYT Network. And it had um, a ton of shows under that umbrella. It was like sort of like a mini multi-channel network. Okay. And my show Think Tank was within the network. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. So I would host. Obviously, I hosted that show. I eventually took over as full-time host and executive producer. And then I would guest host on TYT, the political show, okay. quite often. All right. Yeah. Awesome. And so what did you, when you left in June, what mm-hmm. was, what was your, what's your plan? What's your next step? I feel like I'm your parents right now. <laughs> what are you going to do with your life? What are you doing? <laughs> um, the, uh, 
podcast, Too Much to Handle, was already in the works. Mm-hmm. And so I was really looking forward to doing some more long-form content. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working on some things you probably in, can't talk about. <laughs> in the gender equality space mm-hmm. um, that I'm really, really excited about and hoping that I can announce early next year we'll mm-hmm. see um so doing but doing a lot more long form because youtube is so short and sometimes yeah. it's hard to provide all of the research and the commentary that i want to mm-hmm. get out and that those subject matters deserve yeah and so a lot of what i've been doing lately has really been like fleshing out some of the things that i'm most mm-hmm. passionate about how long were each of the episodes that you did for the like five to seven minutes oh very so short. short yeah yeah, yeah. very yeah. short it is hard to although sometimes like little like those are good to watch sometimes. they have their and place absolutely yeah and there's actually people that do podcasts like they'll have i kind of want to start doing this actually they'll have like their long form ones like lewis house who has a podcast called the school of greatness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he does his long ones and then he'll do like five minute fridays where it's just like a short little section on confidence or mm. you know money saving tips or something so there's a way to do that in the podcast space too, but yeah, and absolutely. I kind of and I kind of like that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started the podcast, and the the premise of the podcast. Explain. Okay, so the premise of the podcast is essentially, I think women often are told that they're too much. I know that when I was younger and still to this day, <laughs> um, I was told that I'm too much to handle. Whether that and be, in what way? Like yeah, uh, when I was what younger, were you doing? I was too loud. I was too opinionated. Um, in relationships, I've been called too needy or too demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I know so many women have been told that their bodies are too much. Mm-hmm. My body is the, that of a 14 year old prepubescent boy, but, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> but like no other women I've heard stories. <laughs> yeah, I know people who have this problem. <laughs> okay. I've heard I've of heard thing. It. Um, and so I, I realized as I got older that those things are, not bad that mm-hmm. you should be outspoken and mm-hmm. you should be opinionated and you should be able to voice what you want in life or your relationships or in your career mm-hmm. and that being called too much is just another way that society tells women to sit down and shut up mm-hmm. it's totally true and so i really wanted to celebrate those qualities in women and 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 embrace those qualities in women Plus, my name's Hannah. It's too much to handle. Ooh, I you like know, it. A little pun action I love there that. going. So it just worked out really well. Ladies, boot season has finally arrived. And thank God it actually has arrived in L.A. It's raining out. And I am so excited because my Just Fab boots arrived today. They are so cute. I got faux black crocodile platform boots with gold buckles. How cute so is that? Hot. I know. It's amazing. And you know what? It's a perfect opportunity right now to be the fall fashion trendsetter. And you need to live up to your style potential with JustFab.com membership. Millions of women say that JustFab is their go-to site to see what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. When you visit the site, it's super easy. You're given a style quiz, which was really fun to take, oddly enough. It's like you, they like give you these pictures of like, what would you choose out of this this outfit choice? Or That's like this, window shopping online. It was, yeah, it's really fun. Um, so let's take the, the, the JustFab quiz. They personalize your shopping experience so your favorite styles just rise straight to the top, and they do. You can shop as a guest or become a Just Fab VIP, which I did. And take it from me, becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. 
I signed up as a VIP, like I said, and I found everything I needed perfectly picked just for me because I can scroll through websites, like clothing websites for hours, and then it's just too much to take in. The fact that it rises to the top, yeah, it's so easy. And JustFab offers a flexible membership, so each month you can choose to shop or skip. You shop the way you want to. Trust me, you'll love being a VIP member. And I have an offer for my listeners. It's time to step up your boot game. If you go to justfab.com slash be here now and sign up as a VIP, you'll get your first style for as low as $10. I'm already on my phone doing it. (laughs) That's justfab.com slash be here to get your first style as low as $10. Justfab.com slash be here. So when you were told that you were too much to handle Mm. when you were younger or even in relationships at first did it make you self-conscious were you like oh did you want to dumb yourself down or were you strong enough to just be like screw you hmm I think in some situations I definitely shrank Mm -hmm. and I think with age and with experience I've built myself back up Mm -hmm. but I think I remember in high school making a concerted effort to say like more and mm-hmm. to dumb myself down a little bit mm-hmm. because I was told that it was intimidating to boys if you're too smart. And now I'm like kicking myself because now I say like way too often and that's Me hard too. to, that's it's hard to painful. kick. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I listen to my podcast back. I'm just like, stop saying that. It's I've hard. heard it's a filler word for if you have a bit of a speech impediment, which I kind of do. Do I have a speech impediment? I don't know. Maybe I do. I speak way too fast. And then I start mumbling <laughs> sometimes. Mm. So I, I know I have a speech, but I've heard it sometimes it's like a filler word. Doesn't yeah, necessarily, it's, it's, it doesn't necessarily like, mean um, you're or dumb or you could just be nervous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think it becomes just habit as yeah, well. Totally. Um, so I just, I remember thinking about that specifically mm-hmm. trying to sound less smart, which is it's really sad. Idiotic. Yeah. It's yeah. really dumb. Yeah. But yeah. you were in high school. I yeah. Mean, you know, you don't know. Like young, impressionable teen. But then I, as I got older and yeah. I started gaining more confidence in who I was and the person I am, mm-hmm. um, I think I started being more unapologetically myself. Yeah. I think it's really interesting when you said um, you've been told you're too needy mm-hmm. or too, what was it in relationships? Too, De- too demanding. Too demanding. Yeah. That would be, I would like for you to give some advice to my listeners on Mm -hmm. how you overcome like being self-conscious if someone says that to you, because you have, and there's also a, there is a fine line between being too needy and because you have to have your own life, but I doubt that that's what you were doing. I doubt that what you were doing was being too needy. I'm sure that it was just phrased that way. It's like when guys call girls crazy, oftentimes when they're doing something wrong, it's like, or if a girl is expressing emotion healthily. Yeah, it's like no. That doesn't mean. Also, I'll show. I'll crazy. show you crazy. <laughs> this is <laughs> call me crazy, and I will show yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's when you'll actually 100%. see it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. So, I do you have any advice for how to overcome that? Because that can often, like, if someone told me like you're being too needy. I mean, even though I'm, you know, confident enough to handle it, I do think it would it would strike a chord with me where I'd be like, oh, am I? Mm-hmm. Well, I think so often we've been, especially as women, we've been gaslit and mm-hmm. to think that we're crazy and mm-hmm. to think that we're needy and so when we're called that we're like you know the feminist in us is like f off and mm-hmm. then our inner you know voice is oh shit am i crazy wait yeah. am i needy i need to i've asked friends this wait am i being crazy i'll look i'll like look at my pill pack to see where i'm at in my cycle just to yeah. double check like, <laughs> no like f you i literally had a conversation with a uh, ex-boyfriend who 
called me crazy and said I was being irrational and I like went at him. I was mm-hmm. like, there is a sexist history. Men have d- been doing that forever mm-hmm. to, you know, relegate women to the outside circle. But I went off on them and then he left my apartment and I was like, oh shit, was I being crazy? I FaceTimed my friend. I was like, this is what happened. Was I being crazy or mm-hmm. was I justified? And, and I think we have that inner voice in us. But I think it's really important for women to remember, especially when it comes to being called needy, you are not needy Mm -hmm. just remember that you may have different needs Mm -hmm. and they may manifest differently than Mm -hmm. your significant others and that's a conversation that you can have and you can see if they're compatible needs Mm -hmm. but you are not needy Mm -hmm. and I think that's really really important to remember so I think even when we talk about women who are we deem as quote-unquote needy it's oftentimes they want to spend a lot of time with their partner or Mm -hmm. they're curious about where they are at different times or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I think those are manifestations of an insecurity Mm -hmm. and then they need to feel more secure in the relationship. How are ways that we can help you feel more secure in the relationship? Mm -hmm. Does that mean I'm more communicative about where Mm -hmm. I'm at? Am I, does it mean I'm more communicative about how I feel about you and showing my affection to you, mm-hmm. right? I think it's about, about having those open conversations with your partner, not name-calling. If you have a partner that's name-calling you and calling you needy, that ain't the partner for you. Yeah, totally. And you have to be willing to maybe um, get an answer you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you express what you need and you do it in a healthy way that's not like, where are you? Why didn't you call me? Like, mm-hmm. that might be a little much. Yeah. But if you find a time to be like, hey, it's important for me that you check in. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel secure. If that person gets defensive and they're like, I don't need to tell you where I'm at all the time. Like, that might not be the person for you. Right. And you might need to be prepared to get an answer you don't want to hear. But then you kind of get to weed out the bad ones. So effective. Yeah, it really is very effective. But (laughs) I think a lot of times girls, yeah, but I think girls get too afraid to to get that kind of answer because then they think they're wrong. They're like, oh yeah, well maybe he should have his freedom or maybe there's something wrong with me. It's like, that's a slippery slope because you're probably just going to end up in an unhealthy relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is like, we all want to be that girl who changes the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who like all of a sudden the player becomes, you know, the monogamous I don't have, I don't have the time for that shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I think that we just have to remember like when somebody shows you their true colors, when they call you a name like that, when they're not communicative about where they are, you have to be okay with saying, oh, that's not the right person for me. Mm-hmm. And I think people get so discouraged by that and they feel like it's rejection, but how flipping exciting is it that you now get to go out in the world and find the right person mm-hmm. for you? I mean, that's, so exciting. See, I so I totally agree with you. I I I've always kind of been that way. I mean, I've stayed in relationships too long for sure, but yeah. for other reasons where it was like, well, maybe they will get a better job or like whatever. But as I've gotten older, I think like all right, you know what? They weren't the right person and how exciting. There's so many people out there. Mm-hmm. Like in a world of infinite possibilities, there's no reason why you can't have a great partner right you know there's so many people out there there's no reason why you can't get what you want yeah absolutely and be respected and stuff absolutely and I think especially as women we when we're with that partner that you know maybe we shouldn't be with or we're Mm -hmm. with them for too long we're like will anybody love me the same way will anybody love me period yeah and then will anybody love me this much maybe Mm -hmm. I should just settle right that is that is a big one yeah I mean I know I was in like an on and off relationship for almost seven years Mm. and you know I 
date other people during that period and it would they they that wouldn't work out so i'd go back to him and mm-hmm. we'd you know reignite things and you, you're like well see it didn't work out when i was single for a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and then i realized like there's a reason that we keep breaking up right mm-hmm. it's not the right person for me and as hard as it is to kind of really close this door I need to be able to open myself up to opportunity and open myself up to, there's mm-hmm. got to be somebody out there, right? Well, there's a lot of people. There's got to be somebody. Yeah. What's kind of interesting about that though, is it was like you would, you know, in between the periods of breakup, you would date other people. And then mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that didn't work out. So we'll go back to him. Mm-hmm. There's somewhere in there where you could have been, or we all should do, but we don't often do it is okay. Well, just cause this isn't working out. Doesn't mean I have to go back to this person. I can spend some time by myself doing like good self care, like working really hard at my career because, you know, I know that like for girls, like there's a ticking thing without having kids or whatever, but with science and stuff now, like chill, you're good. You're fine. There's Mm -hmm. people that have kids like well into their forties. You're fine. Yeah. You don't have to settle just because you like really need to. And what an awful place to bring a kid into if you settled for somebody 100%. Like, yeah, that's not good that's not good for anybody involved yeah it's it really isn't because then your, your relationship's based on like sort of that you have to stay together too yeah. because of the kid um are you dating someone i am now i t- so we broke up and i did take time to be single mm-hmm. and to be figure out who i was and why i liked that person not mm-hmm. why i liked like some other random human yeah um and i think during that time I found somebody else like it just when you're you know looking for your best self and you are being your best self you find somebody else at their best self and then you have this amazing relationship and I think we forget that right because Mm -hmm. sometimes we do feel like we're running out of time or that somebody else is going to to be alone yeah we're afraid to be alone somebody else is gonna you know complete us Mm -hmm. nobody is gonna complete you you are the only person who can complete yourself you can have somebody compliment you yeah and add to your life, but nobody will complete you. Mm-hmm. And I think getting to that stage where you're like, oh, I'm happy with who I am mm-hmm. by myself, then allows you to find an amazing relationship. Yeah. I know. I wish they would take that whole stupid thing that was a saying a long time ago, like, you complete me out. No, it's like, that's I, terrifying. I complete me. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. And then you're, you're a nice, a- you're a nice addition, a nice accent. Yeah. And we grow together. An accessory yeah. to my life. Yeah. <laughs> How long were you single in between the two? Ooh. Um... Four or five months. Mm-hmm. That's a good enough amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. And I have. Um, and you seem like you have your head on straight, anyways. It's I'm, not like a sing- I'm a single dog parent, so yeah. you know, I was out there doing. You were my out. Thing. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's hard out there. <laughs> um, and I was honestly, I was, I knew that I wanted to eventually start dating again. And I was like, okay, I just need to. Oh my God, if he listens to this, he's going to hate it, but sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kept hearing that dating was a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to rack up a ton of dates, just go on a ton of dates. Mm-hmm. And I went on a few and uh, he was like one of, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh yeah. And then, and then we met and I was like, oh, maybe I won't go on a ton of dates. Maybe I'll just stick with this one. <laughs> That's so nice. How did you guys meet? Dating app, you know, uh, whatever. modern That's love. How, uh, the last two people I've dated, I've dated men on dating app. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how most people, it's easy. And I'm such like, I don't know about you, but like, I mean, you should be because your apartment's amazing. But like, <laughs> I'm such a hermit uh-huh. and I love being, I'm such a homebody. Mm-hmm. And so like the prospect of going out to a bar to right? meet I don't know somebody. how people meet people in the wild. No, <laughs> no. I don't know how. Also, no one ever talks to me. I don't think when I, when I, well, I don't go out though. <laughs> <Who am> I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Who am I kidding? I go to comedy clubs to perform and 
events with my friends. Yeah, no, I don't know the last time I just went out to us. You were like doing other stuff. You don't have time to go try to. Yeah, like where do people meet people? I I don't know. That's (laughs) why I was doing it in sweatpants on my couch. (laughs) Yeah, see? You kind of have to, I think. Yeah. Did you have a a way when you were going on a bunch of dates to spot red flags early on? Did you have like some go-to like, nope, you'd cut it quickly? Yeah. Okay, who are they? I, on the first date. My listeners need the advice. I, on the first date, asked guys if they considered themselves feminist. Oh, that's good. Which um, I think is, it was terrifying for me, even though that's kind of my shtick. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was still terrifying because I think a lot of guys carry negative connotations with that word yeah um which is a real easy filter mm-hmm. um you find out real quick what who were you're some be. what were some asshole answers you got um i you know i think there was something to the effect of like yeah i'm a feminist and i like really like your face sorry what what <laughs> I just, <laughs> did, uh, no, there's no, <laughs> there was no continuity <laughs> at all. Um, I flat out heard somebody's just say, oh no, like definitely not. And I was like, you realize that you're sitting across the table from me and saying, I don't consider you my equal, right? Like you understand that. Oh my God. And he's like, you're questioning my morality. I'm like, no, I'm just giving you the definition of the word that you just said you didn't identify with. I would love to know who offered to pay at the end of that date. Oh, I don't remember. I literally, I, I don't know. It was a while ago, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. Um, do you have a rule on that? That if a guy doesn't offer or, or do you like to pay? I, I, I always offer to pay, but I think it's a nice gesture when guys pay. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's, I think it's a nice gesture when my friends offer to pay or I offer to pay. Like I think, I don't think that's exclusive to men and women. Yeah. Um, but I think oftentimes like, especially a first date, presumably, um, or at least in my history, the guy asks for the date. And so if you ask for a date, I think you should pay. Like yeah. I've planned dates for my current boyfriend and I pay for everything on those dates. Cause I'm not going to ask, somebody to go somewhere and then be like oh you're gonna yeah you're gonna cover this right what do you think oh I totally agree I think it's I think it's a turn off on the first date if a guy doesn't if 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 you I mean you always do the like "Eh, eh," like the little credit card game yeah you like reach for your belt buckle but uh, you weren't (laughs) even trying to um (laughs) and if they like are okay with splitting it that's like "Mm." I to me I think that's a bit of a red flag my only my biggest red flag with that specifically mm-hmm. is I went to a pizza place, my favorite pizza place, mm-hmm. with a guy on a first date, and they brought us two pizzas and we split it. And normally when I go to get pizza, there's no pizza left over, let mm-hmm. me just tell you. But you know, on a first date... <laughs> How are you so tiny? <laughs> you know, on a first date, like, you can't see my backside from here. Oh, God. But, um, <laughs> you know, on a first date, like, you're trying to, like, still be cute. And you're like, no, I can't scarf down an extra, extra large pizza by myself. I'm stopped. <laughs> I've never done that by myself <laughs> in my bed. Um, <laughs> Alone with the lights off, my dog next to me. <laughs> Listening to watching a Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> absolutely not never it's like you've been into my house before (laughs) it's like you've seen me on a saturday night (laughs) um so there was leftover pizza and he let me split the bill which Mm -hmm. fine but then homeboy took home all the leftovers I'd be so mad. I would break up with a friend over that. I absolutely would. We have to split the leftover. What am I going to eat now when I go home? What did you say? 
nothing. I just said afterwards when he texted me, like, we should get together again. I was like, yeah, enjoy your pizza, bro. I'm like, never seeing you again. Yeah, hate you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. See, that? that's that's weird. I think it's that's weird. just really bad manners. It's just bad manners. Like, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. It just says a to, lot about right? a person. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the same for paying, right? Like if you if I go out with a friend mm-hmm. and they don't offer to split the bill, like that's bizarre to me. That is really weird. Why would anyone do that? Right. Exactly. So I think it's just a manners yeah. thing. Totally. And so you know, sometimes I'll cover for my friends and mm-hmm. sometimes they'll cover for me and that's cool. Yeah. And so I think the same thing goes with dating. Totally. How long have you been dating your current boyfriend? Five months. Oh, it's very new. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I know. Well, I have a good idea for you if you're planning on getting him a Hanukkah or Christmas gift. Oh, please tell me. Because it's always so hard to find gifts for guys. I think it's like the guys are the hardest people to buy for. I can buy for my friends all day long. My mom. You asked me to buy a gift for like my dad or a boyfriend so difficult do you have trouble with that so hard it's you never so know hard. what to get them absolutely and i don't think guys even really know what they wanted to get themselves so i have a great idea this holiday season well it's not my idea it's mac weldon's this holiday season mac weldon is gift giving at its best they've handpicked products and specialty curated packs to make it easier for you to give great gifts simply mac weldon will be the most comfortable underwear socks shirts undershirts hoodies and sweatpants that you ever wear and i must tell you they're sweatpants so i got uh, the guy i'm dating these sweatpants because it's they look like they're you could wear them out to the movies like they're really nice high quality classy have you stolen them yet I have not because I haven't given them to him yet <laughs> because um, Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics and simple shopping. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Isn't that Amazing. Cool? Yeah. Their Aeronet underwear is breathable and stretchy that makes it perfect for working out, but comfortable enough to wear all day. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear and socks and shirts look good, they perform well, too. It's good for working out, going to work, going on dates, just everyday life. And I have an offer for my listeners. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code BEHERE at checkout. That's MacWeldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and enter promo code BEHERE at checkout for 20%, 20% off your first order. So how soon do you think it is too soon to introduce your boyfriend to your parents have you well your parents live in the same city yeah you've introduced him i think it's never too soon really yeah i think but i mean it depends on your relationship with your family like i'm very close with my family Mm -hmm. and so i want to know right off the bat like what they think of yeah what they think and how they get along if they mesh and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i think they met him they met him kind of late for me a month and a half into our relationship. That seems early, actually. I, it's late, but, for, yeah. but your parents do live here. They live so here, I think and that so that do that his. Makes a and so I met him short. Met his parents shortly thereafter. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really just like feeling it out. And I think, honestly, I think people have so much anxiety about meeting parents, and I think especially like girls are worried, like, oh, is it too soon? Mm-hmm. Like, no, like do it when feels right for you. Yeah. And if there's a guy who's reluctant to meet your parents. Another quick filter. I'm all about the filters on my Instagram and life. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Just filter it up. Have you ever run into an issue where your parents didn't like someone you were dating? Absolutely. And what did you do? Um, I struggled with it for a really long time because Mm -hmm. I do really value what my family has to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I kind of realized, like, wait, they're not, you know, dating him. They're not spending the time with him. And so I need to figure it out for my own. And I did figure out and see a lot of what, 
they initially saw but sometimes mm. when you're in the midst of something it's hard it's to hard see, to see. Mm-hmm. and so I think it's important to be able to take what you hear from your friends or your family with a grain of salt like mm-hmm. be able to not everybody knows what goes behind closed doors of a relationship and also everyone takes their own life experience into yeah. so you know let's I think I talked about this on another podcast but let's say for example your friend has been cheated on and stays with the person and you are maybe suspicious that someone could cheat on you or something Mm. they may be giving you advice like well you have to forgive you know or let's say for example you have a friend who is like very into like material things and money and stuff like that and if let's say your boyfriend loses his job that person might be like oh well I wouldn't stay with them so you have to take what you know everyone's own life experience into it I think yeah people project on you absolutely yeah I think that's a good point did you have uh, a boyfriend that your parents didn't like um yeah I mean uh, there's been like certain points where I think that and they didn't necessarily not like them because my parents are very sweet but like I think they were just sort of like they thought I could do better Mm. type of thing yeah that's probably a better way to say it yeah 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 um oh so with so since you're you know you're a feminist and um you're into you know discussing like traditional and contemporary gender roles and stuff Mm -hmm. how does that play out in your relationship with your boyfriend yeah I think um a lot we talked about gender traditional gender roles really early on well I asked him how'd you bring it up or did you ask him the feminist I asked him the feminist question Uh on date one Mm -hmm. um and he answered really promptly and had this whole like story about how his boss was a woman and his boss's boss was a woman and his boss's boss's boss was a woman and he you know it just like went into it and I was like oh like that's really unique mm-hmm. um which is really sad that that's unique <laughs> that is sad <laughs> but it is um especially like a big company mm-hmm. and um so we you know that was definitely like the impetus for the conversation around feminism and I think he recognized that feminism and and conversations around feminism was really impo- were really important to me and mm-hmm. so I think on our third date, he was asking about like my thoughts on toxic masculinity, you know, like he Mm -hmm. wanted to engage in those conversations because he knew it was something that was important to me, um, which I appreciate really nice. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate it. And I, you know, when I was prepping for podcasts and talking about gender roles, he was like, well, why don't we talk through some of the questions and see where we both stand? So like about stay at home dads, about a guy taking a woman's name and like all of that kind of stuff. We Mm -hmm. really like hashed out. I think for the most part I think I enjoy like aspects of conventional gender roles Mm -hmm. um I and I I think more performatively Mm -hmm. rather than like inherently like in my being but I like love cooking for a guy I do too love it yeah but I also love cooking for my friends but it just fits within the gender no I'm the same way I love I yeah I'll often cook big meals and invite my like couple friends over Mm -hmm. and but I do really like I, I would enjoy if a guy cooked a meal for me, but I would prefer to be the one to do. I just so like do doing I, yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. It doesn't think that makes me like anti-feminist. It's just something I just enjoy cooking. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And mm-hmm. I think just because it fits within a societal norm that's been mm-hmm. set out for however many years, I, I think it's sometimes confusing for feminists. Because I love to cook, but sometimes I run out of inspiration or ideas, especially when it comes to healthy eating. I've turned to Sunbasket. Are you on the hunt for healthy eating? And I'm not talking about the latest fad diet or what your favorite celebrity isn't eating today. Sunbasket helps you get healthy, delicious meals on the table every day. And Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. 
And now they have more options than ever. You just go to the Sunbasket app and you can pick from 18 weekly recipes with easy to cook dishes like Thai turkey lettuce cups. And, you know, Sunbasket has opened me up to cooking different cuisines that I'd never cooked before and using different spices. I've learned so much and I'm having so much fun doing it. And there are paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, and more. And Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafood, which is super important. And each recipe features organic produce and clean ingredients. It really tastes like restaurant quality food, a fancy dinner out. And the best part, it's quick and easy. With Sunbasket, everything's delivered to your door with easy-to-follow recipes. Meals are ready to whip up in as little as 15 minutes. No grocery shopping required. There's something for everyone. So you can be your kind of healthy. I just love all their options. I really, really love Sunbasket. And I have an offer for my listeners. If you go to sunbasket.com slash while, that's W-H-I-L-E, today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash while, W-H-I-L-E, for $35 off. Sunbasket.com slash while. I have been in relationships before, though, where I did the cooking and then I would clean everything up. Mm-mm. And that I realized was that was a slippery slope. And I, I knew like it was something I didn't like. But then I just had started doing it because I, we were living together at the time. And I just wanted the, I like a clean house. I wanted the stuff clean. And he'd be like, hey, just give me a second after I eat. It was so annoying. But now I know that that's, that's a no for me. Like yeah. I'm going to cook. And then you do the dishes. You do the dishes. Yeah. I'll help a little bit with the dishes. But like it's not I cook. I clean up after you and you just sit there. Yeah. Like, that's no, a no. No, no, no. I yeah I agree with you I think like especially if I'm cooking and my boyfriend is over Mm -hmm. like I want him in the kitchen talking to me you Mm -hmm. know this isn't like I dated a guy who start I was cooking for him one night and he started playing video games and I was like uh-uh homeboy <laughs> not gonna happen yeah like i'm not gonna be here like making you food and mm-hmm. you be over there playing on your phone yeah like come talk to me like at least like engage with me see i sort of like that but i'm also sort of like stopping up in my grill i have to cook <laughs> <laughs> you're in my space like i don't want him over there like playing video games but like i don't know like well my kitchen's not that small if i had a bigger kitchen i'd be cool with. i would love if i had like a big kitchen with like an island they could like sit there and like yeah, chat yeah, and have yeah. a glass of wine or something yeah yeah like i just like i don't want to feel like i'm slaving away for you but yeah. catering to you, you yeah know? yeah like yeah a little, little it's like something, something nice, nice to do yeah. yeah it's like when a guy takes you out to dinner and pays that's nice it's nice yeah so but you I, can repay them with a dinner it goes for all relationships platonic yeah. and romantic mm-hmm. like i think we forget that mm-hmm. you know that it's nice when I'm if I'm cooking dinner for a meal and she's on her phone like watching Insta stories, I would be so annoyed. Yeah, I'd be absolutely. Like, Wait, I invited you over. I'm gonna make you food. Like at least like communicate with me or be engaged yeah. in the process. Like just say like, oh, do you need help cutting this? I'll say no because I'll do it better. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, obviously. But just ask. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any traditional um, gender roles that you can't stand? Mm. I think like when it comes to when it comes to like wedding stuff, mm-hmm. I think like a father handing his daughter off to a man, I think that's really bizarre to me. Yeah. Like I, I like I, I know for me, cause I've only thought about this like once or twice for when I get married. <laughs> um, when I get married, I know where my dress is. I know where it's happening. At. <laughs> my whole wedding is planned. I just need like the guy to fill it. Are you serious? No. <laughs> I've literally never thought about my wedding day. Really? Never thought, never thought about, about what kind of dress like I would wear. No, it's just, I don't know why. 
not that I don't want to get married. It just was never something. I've always just like, yeah, it'll happen. What about when you get so serious with a guy? I d- you I don't think about like, oh, like maybe we'll get married one day. And no, maybe no, I think about like, here. yeah, we'll get married. But I don't think about like the specifics of it. I think it's because I actually don't like planning parties. Mm. I've never planned like my own birthday party. They make me nervous. I feel like no one's going to have fun. Like I like cooking for people, but I don't want to plan a whole deal. Oh, like I'll definitely need if I do have like a big wedding, someone has to help me with it. Yeah, because I'll just be in my head. The I whole was time. gonna say they have people. Yeah, who yeah, do yeah. this for mm-hmm. a living? Totally, <laughs> who yeah. you could hire. Um, but I think just like the whole concept about like a man, one man handing you off to another man is really weird. Like I want my both my parents to walk me down. Okay, or like you know what I mean? Actually, I like that. I or think like that's really sweet. Or like asking permission to get married. I think that's bizarre. Oh, I like that. No, I think it's okay I, to talk because I want my dad to be able to say like yes or no to the person. I think like talk with both parents before mm-hmm. and be like, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Like, I would love your yeah. blessing, but I don't need, I don't want okay, your Okay, I see what you're saying. Not a yes or a no, but like, I'd like your blessing. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll do it either way, but yeah, yeah. I also think like at that point, like your parents should know it's going to happen. Yeah, like, It they should do. never be a surprise that you're like getting proposed Well, to. I don't think that people ask though, because I think that usually the parents kind of know. I think yeah. it's just like a respect thing. Yeah. I kind of like that one. Like whoever I end up marrying... I would hope they would pull my parents aside. Yeah, and talk to them about it and yeah. tell them it's going to happen. Absolutely. Because you're basically asking to be a part of the family, too. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Can I be a part of the family? Maybe that's better. But, yeah. like, can I have your daughter's hand? That's that actually would be kind of – that's kind of cute to say, like, you know, I love your family and I love your daughter. I'd love to be a part of your family. They're like, I love your family. I'm okay on your daughter. But yeah, I really, yeah. I really, I really like your you guys. <laughs> you guys are fantastic. Love you, Dad. <laughs> Can I call what, you, Dad? What traditional gender roles do you hate? Um, traditional generals do I hate? Um, I don't know if it's traditional general that like, but like that women aren't funny. You can't be the funny one in the relationship. Yeah, bull. I don't like that at all. I'm sure you're the funniest one in your relationship. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, every relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's like a gender role. Um. But it's a stereotype. Yeah. I'm trying to think of one that I... I think that women can't do things or they can't be alone. Like, I like being alone mm-hmm. a lot. Like, I went out for drinks um, with a guy fairly recently uh, who was someone I had dated, but we were not meeting up as, like, that kind of thing. We were just, like, sort of, like, as friends. And it was a very awkward drinks thing. And he seemed very rushed. And I liked the place that I was at. They had really good music. And I had gone, like kind of out of my neighborhood for it and so I was like I, he, he needed to leave and I was like all right bye and then he's like well, you're not leaving and I'm like no I think I'll just like stay for one more and I might get something to eat and he was like thought it was really weird and I'm like it's not weird like I'm used to being I like being alone like I travel alone as a comedian all the time like that's yeah. not weird and I felt a little bit like like what why, why don't you think I can be like that? It bothered me. I'm like, you don't want to be here anymore. Why can't I stay here? It was weird. Yeah. So I don't I don't like that kind of thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't like that at or all. Or like, or, well, and especially that comes with my career too. Like I couldn't date someone that was like bothered by me being on the road alone. Mm. Or was bothered by, you know, me being around other male comedians and stuff. Like I don't, I don't like like major macho jealousy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that annoys me. A what lot. about what about like opening doors? Because I like that. 
Yeah, I think so too. So it's called like something uh, to the effect of like benevolent sexism, mm-hmm. where it's like a guy who opens the door or who's like, oh, let me help you up, you know, this, because it's assuming that we can't do it ourselves. But I still think it's a nice See, I, gesture. I think that's taking it too far. Yeah. I think because I open doors for people all the time. Yeah, me too. There is just a. I don't I see I don't believe I don't agree with that. I think it's just a nice gesture. Cuz you know when you you walk up to the door with with a stranger guy or a girl and you're like who opens this first? It's like or you know someone's coming towards you through a door and you hold it open for them. Like that's just Yeah, I agree with you. My boyfriend opens a car door for me every single time we get in the that's car. That's really sweet. And I like and I'm like wait, I I can do it. And it's not like he doesn't know. Mhm. I'm I could do it. Like yeah, he knows I'm a capable knows you can, human yeah, being. Yeah, you do it when he's not there. Two arms. Yeah, but it's just a, it's just the concept of him walking up to the car, where t- you know, mid conversation, and he's still thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, See, that's yeah. the nicest thing in the that's world. That's what I was thinking when you said that. I'm like, he, the, in, he's not just an, on autopilot. Like whenever I'll get in the car, he's like thinking, how do I do a nice thing for her? Mm-hmm. Now, would you be upset if later in the relationship that like went away a little bit? No, to be honest, I mean, we're five months in. I'm surprised he still does it. Yeah. Like, I definitely, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is, like, a nice, like, you know, honeymoon stage thing. Yeah. Um, But he still does it to now. And if it went away, I wouldn't be surprised or, like, annoyed. I think it's just, like, a nice little extra thing. Yeah, it's you really know what sweet. I mean? It's yeah. just a little addition. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. A little cherry on top, you yeah, know? Yeah, I like that. Well, this has been super fun. So much fun. I really enjoyed having you on. So tell everyone about your podcast, where they can find it, where they can find you. Yes. So the podcast is called Too Much to Handle. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, go on iTunes. Um, And we have a lot of fun topics that we're exploring. One of the most recent ones I um, recorded was about our thirst traps empowering. Um, We talked about why all women are crazy, our slutty Halloween costumes, anti-feminist, things of that nature. You kind of get the gist. Oh, I love it. Um, So there's a lot of fun things to listen to there. And then you can uh, follow me on all my social medias, uh, at Hannah Cranston on Instagram and Twitter, and at Hannah Cranston host on Facebook because another Hannah Cranston exists apparently in this world. Rude. I know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Bye.